Hey everyone, Rafe here. Thanks for tuning into another episode of Faces and Feels. Uh, before we jump straight into the episode, I just wanted to hit you with a quick public service announcement. Uh, promotion that's near and dear to my heart, Deathmatch Down Under, Australia's premier deathmatch wrestling company, is currently in a, the midst of a big funds drive to try and establish their own venue in Melbourne, Victoria. Now, this is a really exciting concept for me. Though I don't live in Melbourne, the idea of them having a place to put on shows regularly, to stream on IWTV, to put out more content, to help develop talent, all the things you can do when you have uh, your own location seems like a really, really exciting prospect to me. Uh, if you look at somewhere like H2O Wrestling run by Matt Tremont, that's a perfect example of what can be accomplished when you have a space like that. I imagine booking venues and doing things like that and selling the idea of bringing a deathmatch company to your venue isn't always the easiest thing to do. And so, yeah, they're trying to get that done. Uh, and they really want to make it happen this year. But in order to make that a reality, they really need your help. So please head over to 3011arena.com.au. That is 3011arena.com.au to check out all the ways you can help. They've got all sorts of packages um, and nothing goes unrewarded. So there's various tiers starting from as little as $10 making your way all the way up to $1,000 with perks and merch and uh, being part of the mural, being literally a part of the fabric of the venue, free tickets to shows. All of these things are available uh, and you'll be helping a great cause and helping a great community that they're building over there in Melbourne. So please check out 3011arena.com.au and support Deathmatch Down Under. And with that said, let's jump into the show. What it is, what's up, and welcome everyone to Faces and Feels. I am your host, Rafe Houston, and today I am broadcasting to you live from the Bendigo Hotel. I'm here for some live no-ring deathmatch action with the one and only Casanova Valentine. And I'm going to hand the mic over to the man himself because nobody introduces Casanova Valentine like he does. The Bushwick Antichrist! The scumlord of the underground! I'm a little under the weather, but I'm down fucking under for midweek mayhem. Brooklyn Black Death. Casanova. I've already said that once. I said it again. Brooklyn Black Death. Casanova Valentine for his brand of no ring death match here in Melbourne, fucking Australia. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. <laughs> and that is how it's fucking done. <laughs> Best promo on the business, man. It's fucking surreal for me to be sitting here with you. I mean, you and my... Third interview ever. We spoke about me getting over here and trying to, you know, beat COVID and stuff before the fucking world ended to come to your first one of these before Deathmatch Down Under was even a company. And, like, to sit with you here now is fucking crazy, man. <laughs> it's, it just, it, honestly, like, it's been wild. Yeah. So, like, so everyone that, just to get everyone up to speed of, like, if, if you're first time, if you listen to either of us or the story is, I do the Underground No Rings fights, Joel Bateman, 
uh, you know, hit me up to come over to Australia to do a series of No Rings matches. He, uh, you know, it's so nice. I always get these messages from people that say, hey, I'd love to bring you over sometime. And I, I go, yeah, I'd love to come. I never really think anything of it. Yeah. And I just thought he was being polite. And then finally he was like, no, actually, I got dates and get you a visa. I go, oh, shit, you're serious. I, you yeah. know, he actually proactively did it. So um, Joel brought me over. Um, but it was just crazy, insane timing. While I was here is when COVID broke. Yeah. So we only did two matches of the whole thing we had set up. And every day lockdown doo, 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 was getting locked down more and more. I didn't even know if I'd be able to leave the country or not. Like I was t- telling someone before, I was one of the last three planes to go back to America. Yeah, wow. So I almost got trapped here, which would have been fantastic. I love it. <laughs> but but so what a surreal thing. So I came here. We did, we did two no rings in one night. Um, I wrestled Joel, then I wrestled uh, uh, Sicko Smacks and Colin Butcher the same night, and it was super fun, and then everything slowly got locked down, and I wasn't sure if I could leave, and in that time, in the three, three years since the lockdown, Joel Bateman, off the success of the no rings he did here, he realized, oh, there is a market for deathmatch in this country, launched uh, Deathmatch Down Under. So off the success of those shows... I don't want to take any credit. I was a small step. Joel did all the all the work and everything. But he saw, hey, this could be huge here. And then he launched Deathmatch Down Under with all of his friends. And those guys put in so much work. The shows have become so huge. And he's really, in three years, has put Aussie Deathmatch Wrestling into existence. There was some stuff before with Mad Dog and Cracker Jack. But it was very sparse and here and there. But now, Australia has a full... Deathmatch scene with top guys. They've made York, Colin the Butcher, Samson. There's all these guys that just came up and are put a deathmatch wrestling on their back in this country. And in that time, they've come to the States. They've gone back and forth. They've made a huge name for themselves. They've done their first ever Aussie deathmatch tournament. And so for me, the last time I was here, there was no deathmatch here. Now I come back, there's a full scene and shows. and It's amazing what they've done in the, in three years, even through lockdown, it's really awe-inspiring. And just to be a small part of that is very humbling and, like, kind of surreal, you yeah, know? It's like, yeah. wow, look at what they've done since in those three years. Well, you know? I, I mean, you you served just the barometer. So, mm-hmm. like, for the, the very start, you are obviously somebody who had a reputation, you know, notorious bar fighter from across the world. Yeah. Bring him in and let's see if people get, get into it. And... People did, and people were going to travel and stuff like that. I think those shows would have been even bigger if the world didn't fuck it in. Oh, yeah. I, I know. I had a flight that, like, I had to cancel yeah. because it was like, I can't be stuck in Melbourne. You yeah. know what I mean? You were loving I'm it like, at the time. You're, you're just, like, like posting updates, like, drinking beers, like, I guess I live here now. Like, <laughs> you know, having, having the best time of your life. And then these guys, like, it's it's hard to remember that, like, Callan's first death match was the first. Was with me. Yeah, exactly. And then, then he was in the main event of their first show, that 100 Light Tubes or whatever, with Damien Rivers. Yeah. And, like, these guys are now considered some of the best deathmatch wrestlers in the world. In the whole world. And so much so that, like you said, Joel has gone over there. Joel has been the American deathmatch champion for ICW No Holds Barred. He's held many belts yeah. quickly. He's kind of become I a big would, deal. Like, so, this is a real self-serving part of the, the podcast, but I just want to say... No, please. Um... Sometimes within deathmatch, because I'm not certain promotions, but like if you think, if you really think about what I what I have done, I gave Hood for his first deathmatch. I gave Effie his first deathmatch. He just wrestled June Kasai. 
Um, I, I, I gave Khan Butcher his first death match. Uh, Joel's first death match. Think of all these people who have, I've helped, sure, I don't, I'm not taking credit for it, but like have come, gotten the, the cast stamp, the yeah. rub, and have gone on to do amazing things and to, to help expand Deathmatch around the world. It's like such a cool thing. Like I've, I've helped make a bunch of people with the brutal matches we've had and gotten them the, hey, he's certified now. And uh, it's just kind of surreal. Like, you know, sometimes you can't see the forest from the trees. You know, yeah. I, when I think about my career, you know, sometimes I have setbacks, blah, blah, but when I really step back and look at it, it's like, wow, I helped. No, no ring Deathmatch wasn't even a thing in the States. There's yeah. been similar stuff to it. But to book bands in a match, it's all over the country now. All, all you know, UK. I know Japan has things similar to mat wrestling, but the, with the bands and the whole ensemble, it's a whole thing that never existed. And now there's yeah. full no ring promotions. And now Australia has a deathmatch scene. And all the wrestlers that have come from getting matches with me, I truly feel blessed that I've been such an influential part of the scene. Like, you know, I. it's just kind of... Crazy yeah. to think what I've accomplished within my career and the things I've been so privileged to be a part of. So I'm just very eternally grateful. And it makes me realize that, you know, when you're in the grind, you're getting beat up, you're tired, and you're jet lagged, you're hungover, and you got to go to another show. It's it's good to step back and be like, wow, dude, you're really kind of doing it. Yeah. Like, to come all the way across the other side of the world and see fans wearing my shirts that, they, that I didn't bring with me. They ordered shipped postage to Australia. Yeah. It's it's truly humbling. And uh, I even got to do a seminar uh, with uh, York School, Drillin, mm -hmm. and to do like a character workshop seminar with these kids yeah, and have them awesome. can't wait to talk about promos with me. It, it's very humbling. And uh, I've got emotional a couple times this trip. It's just so like touching. This whole trip has been that, man. Yeah. Because I think for a, a lot of people, I know even for me, like it's kind of this tour and with ICW coming over and seeing all those people here and talking to them and people I've met and, and all this stuff, like seeing the scene that has been built, you know, since those kind of first shows, it is, it's something special. And at the end of those those shows when we were all like standing around while the ring was getting packed down and everyone was hugging and the nice things that were said between everybody, I think like everybody deserves a huge pat on the back because there's like been so much work done. And I, I, I know you're being humble, but... There is a lot to be said, and I don't think there's enough said about what you created, because not just here, but the style that you developed, mm. be it a workaround or whatever it was for yeah. New York, yeah. you know what I mean, has gone on to spawn promotions <coughs> as well. Mm -hmm. That's gotten people work, you yeah. know what I mean? That's titles and championships exist. ICW No Holds Barred was just here. They run three different types of show while on the road, and two of them are based around a style that you created. And it, I think it's a super smart way of them doing business because they run that chains model, but you can't always do that, and that's not mm -hmm. always feasible. It gives them the opportunity to go, okay, we'll put on a picture here. We don't need fucking anything. Mm -hmm. And then over here we can, you know, build the ring or whatever for the next day and then do a chains and do, always do two shows or even three shows if they do a yeah. Fighter X. And that has all stemmed and germinated from a scene that yeah. you essentially created in my eyes. So, yeah, no, so I, it's and true. I think, uh, I think you do, do deserve a pat on the back, and I, I think you're probably one of the people who gets the least amount of credit. Yeah, for whatever, <laughs> for whatever reason that is. I, I, it's always been an uphill battle to get my flowers, but uh, I think when, I think the people that know, know. And the people that, the people that I respect, respect me. So, like, 
I'm for whatever reason I'm very polarizing at Death Touch. People either really like me or really don't like me. But the people that I want to like me like me. Yeah. So that's enough do, for do me. Do you think a bit of that is a hangover from because I know at first when you first started to do the no ring stuff, it was a bit like that's not real wrestling, kind of almost the same as Deathmatch Watch, you know? And it yeah. was kind of like the Venn diagram of those two things that nobody there liked. Was a couple and then that's just hung over it, right? Mm, there was a couple things. One was, you know, the, the stigma of backyard wrestling and it's, you know, what, like, what a limiting thing. Like, wrestling can only be in a ring. Yeah. Like, why, why limit? Because I, I think the reason for those guys is they consider themselves wrestlers and I consider myself a performance artist. Yeah. So why, why can you only do... Uh, still life paintings. Why can't I do a, a abstract painting? Like to limit yourself and say this media can only be in one form, just seems strange to me. Why are you putting those limitations on yourself? Um, it could be pro wrestling could be whatever the fuck I want it to be. Absolutely. You know, I, it could be weird, surreal. It could be anything I want. Uh, I consider it. I honestly consider it a performance art. So um, I think that's just a clashing of our minds. People traditionalists are like, oh, it's not wrestling, but I'm like. Wrestling's an Americana performance art in my eye, you know. So it could be whatever I want it to be, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's a couple. And I think the little bit of stigma between um, I don't necessarily get along with GCW. So I think if, you are, if you're real, there's a lot of tribalism in wrestling. So if you like yeah. GCW, you probably don't like me, which is fine. You, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I don't want to work there anyway, so exactly. it's totally okay. I think sometimes people take themselves a little bit too seriously yeah. as well. Because at the end of the day, it's... Cardi bullshit, right? Like, yeah, but also, how are you going to get really vehemently mad at me for stuff? It's like, hey, I travel, I wrestle, I do my own thing, I just stay in my own lane, you know? I teach them. What's great about professional wrestling, especially right now, is there's enough room for everyone to have a place at the table. Like, Absolutely. Here I am, a world-traveled deathmatch wrestler. I've never... The biggest promotion on paper, if you had a... Like, I worked CCW, Tournament of Death. That's the biggest, like, yeah. outside looking in, biggest promotion I ever... I don't have a home promotion. Uh-huh. Um, I don't wrestle the biggest deathmatch company in the world, GCW, but this is my second trip to Australia. About to do my fourth trip to the UK. I have a full schedule in America. Um, I'm in talks with uh, Mexico, and I wrestle Canada. So the fact that I'm not even in the biggest promotions, I have a full-fledged career that pays my rent and lets me exist is wonderful. So I think it's great. I think the more wrestling, the better. And uh, if fans want to get hung up on that, I, I get it. You just enjoy it, and like, it's fine. But we're just people grinding, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, that's the dream, right? To live yeah. off wrestling. Yeah. Know? Like, to and not pop into there, a nine yeah. five and, you're, and you're getting there, you know what I mean? And you, you do your art, and you do merch, and you do all these things, and you hustle constantly, and you make it work. And that's yeah. what it is, right? Yeah. You, it's a, I, I, I don't know how much more proactive I could be at this point. <laughs> well, like, then you run your own company, and that's what yeah. you've been building and picking up so, and stuff as well. I run my own company. We have our first fully legal ring show, December 9th. That's so exciting. And I'm going to have go-go dancers, bands, food trucks, art vendors. It's going to, it's more of wrestling adjacent. It's, yeah. it's a party where wrestling's going to be at. So I run my own promotion. Um, I do a travel vlog that I release for free. Mm-hmm. All my no rings that aren't through New Fear City that go on IWTV, I release for free on YouTube. I, I make a different print for every show that I sell at the shows. I have tons of merch. Um, I train every, uh, once a week with my good friend Mike Law at the fallout shelter. I, like, what more can I be doing? Yeah, I, mean, like, I can't at, do any more. <laughs> trying to be a better wrestler as well. Like, yeah. Like and, also, and you say that. You yeah, know, I just know. hit the casserole uh, against Loved Will. the yeah, casserole. Yeah. So the casserole, <laughs> if you can't see, is I do uh, the Eddie Guerrero shoulder roll in the ring. But yeah. 
it's not super impressive looking when I do it, but I'm six foot three, three hundred pounds. So the fact that I can get my fat ass over the rope is pretty good. And then the pun of that name is yeah, just the casserole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so very pleased with myself on yeah. that. But uh, but yeah, I'm constantly striving to get better, training to get better. My goal is to try to at least get on dark or or MLW or some kind of TV just for a little bit. If I could just do a couple dark appearances, that would be that would be more than okay with me. I think. What I want out of wrestling when it's all said and done is maybe maybe get to Japan. Um, Surely Japan. Japan. Well, I think my in just right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you my secrets, but <laughs> I think my way in is through FMWE. Okay. I think that's more likely how I would get in because I'm a character wrestler. I'm more of a Bruiser Brody. Yes. And a lot of like Big Japan and Freedoms are real like. More like Eric Ryan or Invite kind of, they'd rather have a work rate guy, yes. which is fine to each their own. I'm a big hack and slash character. Yeah. So I think, dude, just doing, plus I kind of look like Mick Foley anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So be going over there and getting exploded. I think that's the end. So yeah. I haven't been working on it. We've been in some talks. Yeah. But that, I'm hoping that's where I'll end up. I feel, uh, feel like you just need that opportunity. You know what I mean? You just yeah. need that right person to say it. Oh, whatever. yeah. And I, I don't get, like, with the pro, like your promos are always awesome. You know, there's so much content and stuff. I'm like, how's this motherfucker? Like, what's he got to do? You know, What do I do? I, I really don't know. You talk better than most, like, most people out I there. Do. Like, it's like, just, you know, I've gotten to this point by, like I was saying in the seminar that I did with York School, is I could probably name Pillar of the Post... 20 wrestlers in my home area who are fundamentally better in the ring than me. And that's, you know, truly, there's so many good wrestlers that are, but, and not, I'm not digging them. I'm not, I'm not trying, this isn't a slight, but they haven't traveled out much out of the side of the state. And the reason that is, is I hustle so fucking hard. And sometimes people at home might get upset with me because they go, Cass is as good as me. And I'm like, you're right. But I, I just hustle harder than you. It's not my it's not my onus to make sure you travel too. It's on you. And so you got guys like Effie, you got guys like Warhorse and Daniels, and they just fucking hustle. And that's what I do. I just I'm here by pure will. The only reason we know each other is because I refuse to say no, and I ground and ground until I got here. You know. Yeah, yeah. So no matter what the setbacks are, what what's going on outside looking in, you know, it's like oh, Cass is doing it but like he's still kind of lower end but i'm still traveling the whole world i still have my own avenue and as long as you bet on yourself you can't lose so yeah. i'm just going to keep doing me something will pop up and if it doesn't i still had a really cool career but i think i can squeeze japan in yeah. and then uh maybe a couple other things we'll see how it goes so the thing is as well that when you build your own stuff or base around yourself and you're not say reliant on a brand mm -hmm. or anything like that there's no real change on what you can do I know that, like you mentioned Effie, but Effie has said before in interviews, I, I have no intention to ever go to like a yeah. DW or anything. I don't need money. to. I make my own money. Yeah. You know, and that's what you can do. It, yeah. There's no no reason that New Fear City can't be the premier deathmatch promotion in America. You know what I mean? Uh, you, you've got people that you've got contacts with. You're a name yourself. You know what I mean? You've just got to keep putting on the shows the way you do them and stuff, and it, it'll build mm -hmm. up steam. You know what I mean? Nothing, nothing happens overnight. Yeah, and I think... So I'll want me. To, I'll tell you a little bit about. Let me tell you a little bit about New Fear City, and let me tell you a little bit Please. about the hijinks getting here. Okay. 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 Uh, with New Fear City, um, I have a pilot that I've been working on. And you told me about this so, when we yeah when we spoke the first. And I gotta reshoot a couple things, but New Fear City, 
you know, okay, think of it like this. There's a fish in a pond, and all it knows is that pond, okay? It's all, it's, it's all world. Imagine you could take that fish, pick it up, and short around, and you can see, oh, there's thousands of ponds. Yeah. There's millions of ponds. That's what indie wrestling goes through right now. They're either going to fight TV or IWTV, yeah. and they're fighting over time. Unless you're GCW, there's no real money in it. I mean, the money we make, and this is the ICW, I mean, IWTV is fine, and I appreciate them. It gets eyes on my product, but... I they ever indie wrestling can fight over that pond. Yeah. I want to go for other ponds. I want to get on streaming services like TV. I want to. I, I want. I'm trying to make New Fear City Adult Swim meets pro wrestling. I don't want Fight TV. I don't want IWTV. You guys can have that. And not right or wrong. I'm not this. It's just I don't want to be in the independent wrestling game. I don't want boat club shirts. I don't want replica belts. I want to have a party promotion that gets a little surreal. It has weird funky animation. And it's fucking, you know, we have on dead characters and it's a little loopy. <laughs> and I'd rather try to get on a streaming service or get on TV because that's where I want to be. And that's, I want that kind of money. And I don't want to, like, just same thing when I wrestle someone. I don't try to be an out technician. I do, I do what I do well. I'm a character. So even my promotion, why would I try to put on a super crazy indie show? That's not even what I want to do. Yeah. Um, I got some body coming in. Um, I'm trying to, I haven't confirmed everybody yet, but. I got, yeah, Sindoni coming in from L.A., the evil clown. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's in Vegas. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get Bestia 666. Mm -hmm. I want characters. I want oddities. I want it to be weird. I want it to be promo-heavy, character-heavy. story. I want to make it ECW meets Adult Swim Yeah, is the goal. I don't want to do indie wrestling matches at all. Yeah. If there's no story, I don't want to do it. Yo, let me stop you right there. I just need to holler at everybody and tell them about NordVPN. This service has been a bit of a game changer for me, man. Not only are they one of the first services, you know, to believe in me and to believe in this podcast, which is pretty amazing, but it's also been great to, like, pick up my internet access and throw it around the world. I've been able to access all the streaming services. I've been able to check out different shopping sites. It's keeping me safe and sound on the internet and protecting all of my important data. It's been pretty damn awesome. So if you want to give it a chance for yourself, if you want to try it out, if you want to get amongst the glory that is NordVPN, just go to nordvpn.com slash feels and use the code feels to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan and at one additional month for free. Uh, it's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, which is pretty sweet. So yeah, nordvpn.com slash feels and use the code FEELS. Now let's get back to the interview. I say that as a guy who does a lot of one-off matches, but I, I just have to make money. You know, I try to make, tell stories when I can. Yeah. Like I have a match with Chando coming up that I really worked on the story. Yes, it's been great. You and, know? And that, that's been playing out how, and I've said this before, how I think the future of booking indie wrestling sort of works is playing with reality because everybody thinks they're a smart fan. Everybody thinks they know what's going on. So you start to play with that, right? It's like, yeah. oh, well, everybody knows that those guys are friends. Oh, what do you mean? They've just got some like snippy beef with each other on Twitter or whatever. Maybe this is real. And you start to like flirt. And the reason why that works is because there's some little shitheads that do talk shit on Twitter. Yes. You know what I mean? Exactly. Some real idiots. So, yeah. I mean, think of it like this. I, I did a match with Tony Nese, my trainer at Murder Mania. Which was great. And was, uh, yeah. one of the best things I've put together non-death match guy who trained me. There was a lot of actual real reality to that angle. Yeah. 
And I just did it again with Chando. I just flipped. I'm niece this time. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah, talking yeah. shit to Chando. I just did it. Yeah. And people fell for it again. You know, like, <laughs> you know? And when I even on the nose was like, guys, remember that amazing thing I did with niece and we started talking shit on Twitter? It was, yeah, I'm not doing that again with Chando. You think I'd. I go from Tony, and I even said it like on the nose, and they still fell for it. So the fact that I can work workers in 2020, like it's 2022. Yeah. And there's still people getting worked by me. Yeah. The clip of me fighting Chondo at, at H2O, yeah. I cannot put it on Instagram. It gets removed every single time. Because I think it's a real They fight. think it's real. It gets reported every single time. They think I'm, it's, they think it's a video of me beating someone up. Yeah. Boom. It, it looked great. Yeah. It, it did. And to be honest, with the nice thing, there was so much reality in that that I thought it was fucking real when I first saw it. When I thought it, I almost fucking tweeted. I was like, this motherfucker, how dare he respect somebody that, you yeah. know, fucking built all this me, shit, you know? Like, me and, uh, there's a guy named Nick Carp who's one of my best friends. He helps me book and promote New Fear City now. I was just getting too, it was too hard to do all by myself. Mm -hmm. So I brought my buddy Nick in. He's a really good uh, event photographer too. Very talented. And me and him workshopped those tweets for Nice. Yeah. Like, well, how should we say And we like... Oh, so me and him sat down and wrote those tweets that he sent me. Yeah, I wrote yeah. Nisa's tweets. Those that's are, amazing. They were workshopped with us. That's so great. So like, for me, it's all performance based. Like, even the interaction, like, it's a tool because we don't have weekly TV. So exactly. of course you got to use Instagram. Of course you got to use Twitter. You know, you got to fill in those blanks. Um, and I thought it was one of the coolest things I've done. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know, I'd much rather do a match with intrigue because um, I do a lot of death matches and it's fine and that's what I'm known for. But to get Nice in the match, or even Chondo, I could just do a one-off match with Chondo, which is fine, but man, it just means so much more. Yeah. I believe in Tommy Dreamer, Raven, Taz, Sabu, like long builds. You don't touch each other right away, or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. make it matter, make it mean something. It, it's so much more enjoyable when you get that pop. Oh, and the, yeah. like I think of the, you know, Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, the emotion, the storytelling, that's what I love. I, yeah. I don't really, and to each their own. I'm not yucking anyone's yum, but the idea of watching two athletic guys just do a bunch of athletic shit, it's cool, and I, and I know it's place. I know there's people that don't like what I do, but that's just not for me. Mm -hmm. And that's that's fine. There's enough, there's enough forms of wrestling you enjoy what you like. But for me, I like storytelling. I like the slow build. I like the video packages. Same. I like the build up, and I, I want to give a shit why the two guys are fighting. I don't care if Jimmy Red Pants and Joey Blue Pants do a bunch of fucking destroyers. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I don't care. Like, I don't yeah. care. Um, like I said at the uh, the seminar I did, who's a better wrestler? S.A. Rios or Mick Foley? Who do you think's a better wrestler? I mean... Do you know who S.A. Rios is? Barely. I do See? know who he is, but who gives a fuck? That's like, what I'm exactly. saying. And listen, I love S.A. Rios. Can hit every move under the sun. Incredible. Probably the best moose in all professional wrestling. Yeah. But Mick Foley, you see him get beat up. He looks up at you, and he, he's yeah. emotional. He's getting his ass kicked, and you care about him. I even said to these kids at the seminar, you might hit a fucking uh, Spanish fly off the top, and it gets shared all over Twitter, right? Oh, and people are like, who did that? I don't know. Yeah. They popped for the move. They didn't pop for you. Like, when you see Casanova Valentine wrestle, you know, first of all, my name's Casanova Valentine, which you'll fucking remember. And second, I'm a big, huge biker guy covered in beer fighting in a bar. Like, you'll remember that. You go, that's Castle Valentine. Mm -hmm. it, it's memorable. It leaves an impact. It's, you know, so some people think it's all in the moves, and sometimes it is. And in, there's, guy, there's a market for indie 
But that's just not what I, I'd much rather be Bruiser Brody in a bar. Yeah. And you can think about those those like classic moments of Cass as well, like uh, you being waterboarded at the first, <laughs> yeah. you know, ICW kind of thing. And, you, you know, uh, and the the various, you know, bar spots going through through tables and stuff off bars and, and all those kind of things. That's, those are character moments that you're building. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the intelligence that you show and how that you put it all together is really what does set you to the, you know, the left of what a lot of people are doing mm. and, and is really your advantage. Uh, I think as well that, like, in the kind of stuff you're building, I don't think everybody needs to be fucking friends at the end of the match yeah. anymore either. Oh, yeah. Like, like you know, that finishes or whatever, maybe you still fucking hate Chondo. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like the, Well, you don't even know what we got going on. <laughs> I don't know what uh, you got going on. But maybe like, you hate him in real life. I don't yeah. fucking know. So yeah. uh, Chondo is all right. He's uh, all right guy. I don't know. He wrestles in bare feet. It makes me not trust yeah, him. Yeah, Same yeah. with Samson. Yeah. Give me Samson. When I, wrestled, when I wrestled Samson, you know, I see him like, hey, man, uh, nice to meet you. Is there anything you want to do? He goes, do you think you're going to hit a cricket bat on my bare feet? I go, do you want anything else? He goes, no. But that's all you want is to make sure I wreck your feet? He goes, yeah. Because okay. <laughs> he's smart. He understands that's what sets him apart and yeah. that's what's different. Your yeah. boy's telling me he was like when he first – you know, saw Samson and with the feet wraps and stuff like that. He's like, you need to do death matches like this and that's all you need to do. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's different. It's definitely, and he's a big, tough guy too. Um, so it's a, it's it's good. Uh, I know China does bare feet. I know Necro does bare feet. So I couldn't do it. I have no shame in saying no. I couldn't fucking do it. No, I, I go through enough fucking pain. I don't need to like take glass out my feet. No, fuck. I, yeah, no. There's no way. I have a think about that. And I can't stand it. Well, as we start to wrap up, man, because I know you Can have been through. Yeah, I just want to give one story. I know. I, I, so people don't really fully know the full extent of us getting to Australia. Mm-hmm. And so this, this is what happened. I'm in LA. Mm-hmm. I flew in. I did Barroom Blitz. I wrestled Bestia 666. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday, I did ICW. I did. Danny, Cruel, and Sadika. And then we're supposed to fly to Australia the next morning, okay? And I'm staying with a wrestler named Rob Shit, who, I mean, <laughs> great okay. name. That is a great name. And I think, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go ahead and say right now, Rob Shit's going to be somebody very soon. You're not going to forget the name Rob Shit. Exactly. I've got to say that. He's a built guy. He's in the GGI. He's got face tattoos. Rob Shit. Yeah. You know who the fuck that is. Yeah. Great look. Uh, he's got great ideas. Uh, the match he did at Barber and Blitz, he did. He was singing a Gigi Allen song while fighting the guy. He, he kind of gets it, you know. He gets yeah, the yeah, yeah. anyway. So I leave Rob's house at six in the morning to get to LAX to make my flight. Mm-hmm. I'm almost at the airport, and Joel goes, "Guys, the v- the work visas haven't been confirmed yet. They're still pending. Oh, so don't go to the airport. We got to rebook the flights." I go. I'm almost here. Should I turn around? I'll wait. He goes, it might not be till late tonight or tomorrow. Wow. So I burned a hundred dollar lift uh, all the way back to Rob shit's house. <laughs> but Rob shit, we went, went out the night before it's seven in the morning. Yeah. He's not picking up his fucking phone and I'm locked outside of Rob shit's house for like three hours. Oh, Jesus. Luckily for me, I'm, um, my buddy Anthony's leasing of a band called cancer Christ. They played the show with us, a barroom blitz. One of my best friends, Thank God he picked up his phone, picked me up, and I got to, I bought him lunch, and we hung out, and then later on, Joel hits us up, and he goes, hey, we're going to rebook the flight, it's at 11 at night now. Keep in mind, when I was in LA, I stayed with Rob, I didn't stay with all the ICW guys. Yeah. 
Same thing here. I stayed with my buddy. I didn't stay with all the ICW guys, so I'm separate from them. Just because they do their own thing, and it's it's fine. But um, so I go now. I go back to the airport, and I get there, and I get a message from Joel being like, "There's problems with the visa still," and so everyone goes back. Every not the only person still in the hotel in the airport is uh, Akira. Okay, everyone. Just was fuck this. There's no visas, and go all went back to the hotel. Yeah, cruel. I don't know if I'm saying too much. I don't care. It's just a fact. I'm not talking shit. This is just what happened. Yeah, cruel went all the way back home. He goes fuck this. I'm going home. I'm not. <laughs> there's no visa. This is like this is crazy. Twice yeah. now we've had to change. You know. Yeah. So he goes all the way home, and I stay at the counter, and I go okay. I got enough time for this flight. Every 20 minutes, I'm like, can I stand aside? And every 20 minutes, check if the visa's approved because they go. It could be a half hour. It could be till tomorrow. I go, you know what? I already got merch printed in Australia. I have friends knowing I'm coming. I've worked a lot of this time in my life to be there. I'm, I'm going to try. If I can get there, I'm going to fucking get there. And if no one else can make it, bof on ghoul. I'll fucking set up 18 bar shows and make my own money. I don't need them. <laughs> also, you, you know Joel is going to come yeah. through. Right. So, like, yeah. But so, a lot of the guys, they all left. They yeah. left the hotel. They went back to the hotel. Crew went all the way home. And I sat at the counter every 20 minutes. Checking, checking, checking. Finally got to the point where there was no way I'd make the flight, you know? It, the, it was supposed to, it, the flight was going to take off at 10. It was already like 9.45. So there's no way i make it. I go up the counter one more time. They're about to close the kiosk. Yeah. And I go up to the kiosk and I go, um, hey, I just want to check if, if the R visa is clear by, because it was a group visa. So like we had to wait for all of us to get approved. So it was on everyone was waiting. So me, Cruel, Eric Ryan, everyone. And... I go to the guy, I go, hey, just just so I want to know if, if it clears by tomorrow, can you just reschedule so we can save this trip? Because it's not fair to Joel to have to rebuy all these tickets. It's just financially not going to happen. And the guy goes, actually, the visa just got approved right now. I go, what? I'm like, oh, my God, that's so ironic because we can't make the flight. He goes, actually, the flight got postponed. You can make it. What? <laughs> so if the flight thing is postponed, I would, and I go, what the fuck? And I call Kara. I'm like, Kara, are you still in the airport? He's like, I'm at Terminal 3. I'm like, well, get to Terminal 1, motherfucker. And he ran to me. We ran through TSA. And we made the flight here. That's amazing. And if, I'm not, if I didn't do that, I don't know if this whole thing would have gotten canceled. Because everyone was like, fuck this. We can't go. And we forced. I was like, oh, we can make it? So we did. And then the morale changed. And everyone's like, oh, we can reschedule everyone tomorrow because the visas got approved. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So, but if I didn't stay hanging in the pocket waiting. Yeah. And the, the rub is, it got postponed again. So if everyone, and listen, I'm not talking shit. This is reality. If everyone would just fucking not been a defeatist and just waited at the <laughs> airport, they all would have made it on time. Yeah, yeah. Instead, they're no, no, no visa, I'm leaving. You know? Now, I'm not trying to be a dick. It's just what happened. You know? Yeah. So they would have made it. If they just stayed there and like, but I get it. I mean, it's, I understand the prerogative. Like, this is the second time. I get it. Teach their own. I was just so, I already knew how wonderful it was here. And so I want to come back. Now I think they realize how great. I think even Danny said himself, he goes, I was never going to come back here because there's so much effort. But he's like, I can't wait to come back now. So that dude had an amazing time. And, yeah. And he told me so, and you can see on Twitter and stuff. He's like, anybody else Googling flights to Australia? Like, he had the, the time yeah. of his life, you know? I think everybody did. And, I think, yeah, it shows, I mean, you had such a good time the first time and you knew what the, the team here could do. You knew it would come through. Yeah. You know well, what I'm I mean? You had faith in them. So I'm, I'm glad it all worked out. Well, Joel, Absolutely. if it wasn't for Joel, none of it would have happened. Joel, Joel knows how to get the work visas, knows how to do everything. And 
it, same thing how I said I hustled pure will to get here. Joel kind of did the same thing in Australia. Pure will just fucking made it happen. You yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah. No, that's it. That's absolutely awesome, man. Um, tell the people where to find you on social media and maybe even quickly just tell them what's next and what to look out for. Because I know you're like essentially flying back tomorrow and straight yeah. into another show. So right? I fly back tomorrow. I'm on big, big time pro wrestling Saturday. It's Bret Hart is managing FTR. That's crazy. Versus Homicide and Jay Lethal is the main event. And what the fuck I, is somehow, that match? I somehow got on the card. So. Thank God. This is your chance Wanna, to befriend Brett Hart. Can and I tell end you something, dungeon. <laughs> Believe this. If someone hears this, they might think it's full of shit. But yeah. listen, this show's two blocks from my house. Oh, really? I'm probably going to get one of the loudest pops the whole night. Yeah. Which is silly. Which is fucking silly. But I actually probably will. Yeah. Because it's literally my neighborhood. Yeah. It's your, it's your home. It's literally. Yeah. It's, I could walk to the venue. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of guys. Who are you wrestling? I'm wrestling a guy named Mr. T.A., He's a he wrestle. He's one of the co-owners of Big Time Wrestling. Okay. Um, I'm not super familiar with his work, but he just wants a hardcore brawl mid card. I was like, yeah, I can I'm do that. Guy. Yeah, yeah I, I'll be a Huckleberry. So uh, <laughs> it's all good. I, I'm it's really flattered they hit me up to do it. So and I fly back. I just got booked uh, December. I'll, I'll break the news here. December second, I go back to LA do Barroom Blitz again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barroom Blitz is owned by Circle Six, and now it's a No Ring promotion we're doing together. Cool, cool. So I'll be in, I'll be on the West Coast like every two months now. Awesome. Um, yeah, and then uh, December 9th is the first full ring show for New Fear City, and I'm super excited about that. It's, gonna, it's all gonna be 18 up. I have go go dancers, bands, DJs, food trucks. It's more uh, wrestling adjacent, you know? Yeah, and then uh, for social media, if you want to keep in touch, um, if you want to get my merch, it's the indieconnection.com. Just search Castano Valentine or slash Castano Valentine, you can buy all my merch. Um, MC Death Bear on Instagram. It's my old street art tag, but it looks like Mick Death Bear, but it's MC Death Bear. <laughs> and on Twitter, it's uh, Black Death Cast, C-A-S. If you want to follow me on Twitter. Um, and then um, I'm very uh, accessible. If you ever want to shoot the breeze, chat. I, I'm uh, pretty good about responding to people, so. He absolutely is. I can testify to that. That's yeah. how we became friends like, <laughs> two years ago, whatever the fuck it was yeah. in that timeline. So I want to thank you, man. No, you, thank you. You... You made time for me back before I, I had done anything at all, and it meant a lot then, and it means a lot well, now. And so nice to sit with you right now. I'll say one thing on that is, I know there's some wrestlers that don't like to do podcasts, and they're like, "Unless you have a ten thousand followers, I won't do your podcast." And I think that's a really shitty th- uh, outlook because I wish someone would give me opportunities when I was kind of coming up. And if there's any small way I can help you in any way, like if this helps in any way at all, I'd love to help you because we're all independent artists trying to do our own thing, trying to get out of the grind. And I'm so fortunate to be in a position that if I can help you in any way I can be the change you want in the world. You know, I, you know, no one, no one gave me an opportunity. So if I can help you in any way, I gladly will. So I don't care if no one listens to this. I still had fun sitting and talking to you. I hope a lot of people listen to it for you. (laughs) But I I just still enjoyed it very much. And, Keep you know we even though we uh, do different things we're still hustling and grinding and trying to do what we love so um, thank you for having me thank you for having passion to do this and thank you for giving a fuck enough to talk to me so Absolutely. I'm flattered thank you I'm, I still it's still surreal to me like you know we're talking a couple of years or whatever talking over Twitter talk about coming to your show me starting a podcast you coming on to it and then. Like, we're face to face in Melbourne. We're face to face in Melbourne. <laughs> You're wrestling on my logo in the fucking ring. Yeah, you know what yeah. it means. Which Eric Ryan fucked up, by the way. It's so covered in uh, terracotta pots. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. 
It's completely fucked. Yeah. But to see all that happen and my logo on the chains and like, you know, one of my favorite wrestlers in the world to, thank you. to be doing that and hanging out with it. I just absolutely love it. So I want to thank you for, for that and, and cheers. You're buddy. a good country. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so for everybody out there, make sure you follow Cass. Make sure you do all the things you need to do to support Deathmatch Wrestling, Deathmatch Down Under, ICW No Holds Barred, New Fear City, everything that needs to happen. And remember, it's all about peace, love, and fucking Deathmatch Wrestling. Yo, thanks for spending your time listening to the Faces and Feels podcast. Faces and Feels is a DIY project recorded and edited in-house by me, Rafe Houston. You can show your support by following us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Faces Fieldscast, or just head straight to our link tree, linktr.ee slash facesfieldscast to find all the info you'll ever need about the show. You can stream the episodes, be directed to your favorite podcast providers, find links to all our social media platforms and sponsors, and you can even buy me a coffee. If you have any questions, topic suggestions, or interview requests, you can send us an email to facesandfeels at gmail.com and don't forget to subscribe, rate and review on iTunes and Spotify. A banger theme is Loose Lips Sink Ships by the Thunder Vipers. Check it out on Spotify and now hang around for a quick word from some friends of the show. My body is a roadmap of pain. Oh! Deathmatchworldwide.com the official online merchandise store that is only for Deathmatch Wrestling. Featuring official t-shirts from No Peace Underground, John Wayne Murdoch, Akira, Madman Pondo, Zona 23, Neil Diamond Cutter, G-Raver, Schlack, Necro Butcher, and many more. If you are a Deathmatch Wrestling promotion, manager, or platform and are interested in joining the web store, send us an email to deathmatchworldwide at yahoo.com. Deathmatchworldwide.com for the violent view. Yo, let me stop you right there. I just need to holler at everybody until I'm about NordVPN. This service has been a bit of a game changer for me, man. Not only are they one of the first services, you know, to believe in me and to believe in this podcast, which is pretty amazing, but it's also been great to, like, pick up my internet access and throw it around the world. I've been able to access all the streaming services. I've been able to check out different shopping sites. It's keeping me safe and sound on the internet and protecting all of my important data. It's been pretty damn awesome. So if you want to give it a chance for yourself, if you want to try it out, if you want to get amongst the glory that is NordVPN, just go to nordvpn.com feels and use the code feels to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan and at one additional month for free. Uh, it's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, which is pretty sweet. So yeah, nordvpn.com feels and use the code feels. Now let's get back to the interview. Vinyls and Violence, a brand celebrating a love of music and deathmatch wrestling. Follow on Instagram at Vinyls and Violence. Follow on Twitter at Legalized Ranch, and that's Ranch with two H's. And buy the shirts from deathmatchworldwide.com. Vinyls and Violence, 
I'm pretty sure it's like some weirdo shit like Pokemon or something. 